Hello, I'm Adam Kirby. And I'm Dale Roberts. Welcome to our podcast series, Woking Spotlight, where we shine a light on some of the bigger political issues and challenges facing our hometown of Woking. In the last episode, we discussed the impact of Tory chumocracy in both Westminster and Woking. In this podcast, we examine the subject of competence, or more accurately, incompetence, of the current Conservative councillors here in Woking. An independent report written by a local government association inspector has been released this week, which highlights some extraordinary incompetence in the Conservative-run Woking Council. There were more than 20 recommendations for improvements, some of them truly shocking, that so many basic management skills and processes were even absent. And to help us understand the fuller implications of the report, this week's guest is the leader of the opposition and leader of the Lib Dem group on Woking Borough Council and a Goldsworth Park councillor, Anne-Marie Barker. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Hello there. Thanks very much for inviting me, Adam and Dale. I'm very pleased to be here. The report relates to the development that was claimed to help Woking Football Club with stadium development and calls out that, in fact, there was absolutely no project management and there was totally inadequate documentation. And this was to support a staggering quarter billion pound loan, that's 250 million pounds, agreed by Working Borough Council to a company with only £100 in assets. So what, what's happening there? Well, yes, it's, uh, it seems to be a huge um, omission, uh, doesn't it? So as the uh, independent investigator pointed out, they found there was no business plan for this project, no project plan, no risk assessment, not even a, a template, a risk template. There were no minutes of the, the meetings held around the, uh, the project, therefore no audit trail on key decisions. And the council didn't carry out consultation with local residents. They felt that was the responsibility of the uh, the developer. On top of that, the legal advice um, provided to councillors was also found to be lacking. And working council argued to the uh, independent investigator that these items weren't required because it wasn't deemed to be a working council project. Now, this is despite working council having a long uh, stated ambition to support the football club, you know, a close relationship. The football club is a institution that uh, adds a lot to the, uh, the community, both through its footballing and through community involvement as well. There's a huge amount. How this could not be a project does seem a little bit crazy. It's probably worth just mentioning what the independent investigator said. She said, I'd expected a business case, project plan and risk template to be available in a project of this magnitude. And she was surprised when she was informed that they didn't exist. Yes, I read that part of the report too. And I was quite shocked to to see it written so clearly by an independent person. These documents are standard things and they just simply didn't exist. So Working Borough Council is lending £250 million to a property developer and yet it's not deemed a Woking Borough Council project. I mean, to me, they're lending the money, but they don't have control of it. It sounds like they just have extra uh, checks rather than fewer, but it doesn't really signify a total lack of just real-world common sense before we get into the legalities of it by the Conservatives. Just a lack of management control and total reluctance to accept responsibility for anything. Yes, I mean, what the report highlights as, uh, as missing 
are a number of core elements that you'd expect to see in any project management. Anyone who's worked in any area where these uh, tasks are required would know that you're going to have a project plan, you're going to assess the risks, and you're going to have legal advice on the various aspects of the of the project. And they just all seem to be missing on, uh, on this project. It's worth noting that the independent investigators report found the same things that uh, an internal task group found of the uh, the council they're very much i've lost the word they very much uh, verified what the uh, independent task group had found so just to take a step back amory you mentioned there there was a, a previous report how did this independent report from the local government association come about so the council has a uh, committee that is there to scrutinise and give some oversight on to the, the work the council does. And one of the things it looked at was the, the project to support the football club in, in this development. The, the Opening Scrutiny uh, Committee had some concerns and therefore they set up a task group. So that task group went away over uh, several months, the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, to take uh, a look at the uh, project. And, and they were quite shocked really at what they found. So, you know, they asked for the minutes of the meeting, as the independent investigator didn't found that they didn't exist. They asked for uh, legal advice and evaluations and found out um, they didn't exist as well. So they came up with a, a report which went to the, the whole the full council of, of all the councillors across Woking and uh, it was then agreed that uh, this was serious and that an independent investigation was uh, needed to look into this further. So I just want to follow up one more thing there. Uh, I think the Conservatives would say to us, well the Woking Liberal Democrats would say that wouldn't they? But, but this is an independent uh, uh, report that we're talking about here. Can you explain how it's independent? Yes, so the LGA or the Local Government Association is a, a national body. It's a representative body for local government across the uh, the country and they carry out a, a number of tasks. They um, do reviews of councils at, uh, at various various points. Working Council had one of those recently as, as well at the request of the council and uh, they can also offer advice and support to, to councils and to, and to councillors. So the person that came into the independent investigation is that someone with a legal background with experience of working in uh, in local government and it's also worth noticing that the Open Scrutiny Committee is a cross-party committee as was the task group that uh, was set up so that uh, had representatives of all the um, different political parties uh, on there so it wasn't just someone banging a political drum it was a group of councillors with concerns about the the way the council was uh, being operated the processes of the council that went away to uh, look into that. But it What's jarring for me, at least, is that there have been no organisational changes recommended in the report. But, you know, by any standard, a £250 million loan is an enormous sum of money. If I sort of draw a a private sector equivalent, if if a CEO in the private sector oversaw a business that agreed to lend £250 without conducting any checks and balances or any kind of documentation and didn't have adequate security, the board would make changes to the leadership team immediately. Why? Why isn't that a recommendation? Why isn't it happening here? 
Yes, the report hasn't made any recommendations about the uh, the leadership team. It's focused on corrective actions. Clearly, major projects should have uh, project uh, controls, project management training, more legal uh, advice in uh, council reports and loan guarantee beyond uh, just having £100 in the in the bank. I think a particular area of uh, concern would be around the uh, the legal elements of uh, this. So councillors need to be able to uh, legally rely upon advice given them to them by council officers. And clearly that was missing. So, for example, there was a, a land transaction that took place without any legal advice provided on the report about that. In terms of actually carrying out the uh, investigations, then there was uh, legal advice throughout on uh, that. Uh, and there do seem to be a number of points where external legal advice may have been sought and uh, and wasn't uh, wasn't taken. So I think even with training, some of it still seems to be very uh, basic uh, essentials you would have thought would already be in uh, in place. Uh, and I think that's a question the the council will need to ask that the Liberal Democrats will be asking when this uh, report comes to the uh, to the council. It does seem extraordinary. I, again, from my experience. Now, a board wouldn't be satisfied by, you know, putting in some future recommendations because some of these issues might be cultural. They might be individuals. They might be the they might be about the leadership team rather than rather than small, discrete changes and sort of training initiatives. Surely the facts are that such fundamental and basic controls that that weren't in place are an extraordinary indictment of the leadership team. I think what uh, is interesting in the um, report is that the in independent investigator highlights that uh, Woking Council is a, a public body, therefore it's accountable to the public. But they point out it's not a privately owned business uh, where there may be discretion as to how the directors run the uh, the business and that you know, the council can be vulnerable to legal challenge for procedural failures. So you know it's important that records are, are kept for, for audit trail purposes, for example, if but if nothing else, I guess what comes to mind for me is that you've got a leadership team who have been there for, for quite a number of, of years. Many of them are actually coming towards the, the end of their time with the uh, the council coming towards uh, retirement in the, the coming months. But it's really the Conservatives have run the council for the last 13 years. If these things were going on, then they have the responsibility for um, the way that things are, are being done. And, and perhaps it's something that they've slipped up on over those years. And are we are we sure that I mean this is a this is a big project? Are we sure that there aren't other things that that are being missed? Well, exactly, and I think that's something that we'll need to look into further. I think one thing we may consider to uh, to look at is to uh, perhaps review some other projects and and check what's going on on there to see if uh, there have been similar omissions. So I think that is is something that the uh, the council could be doing in the uh, in the months ahead. Just take a step back, just again, for those people sort of new to the inner workings of local authorities, help us understand who makes the decisions on a project like this. It's, a, it's an enormous project. What role do officers play? What role do councillors play? And who, because this will, be, again, be very clear in the private sector, who ultimately makes the decision? 
So at the top level, the councillors are responsible for making uh, policies to deciding on, on strategies and, and what, what happens. And it's then up to the officers of the council to, to enact those. So the strategy would be there's a, a long term ambition of the, the council to provide help and uh, support to the to the, the football club to help them uh, achieve their ambitions of you know, continuing surviving and even uh, and even growing. The council officers should uh, should make that to happen but there's then also a role to to follow up on that to put in the the checks and balances there as to how the council officers are, are delivering that part of that falls to the executive committee of the council so that's the um councillors from the the party in control the conservative party for the last 13 years for them to um, actually keep an eye, they each have a, a brief. So there'll be a councillor responsible for, for finance, for example, who should be keeping an eye on how things are done in that in that area. And then ultimately, you've got the, the overview and scrutiny committee as well, which can come in there as a, a further uh, check to look at various aspects of how the councillors run, as the overview and scrutiny committee did here, to uh, highlight that uh, there are concerns. On the legal point, can we just get to, to this point of lacking the legal advice? This one particular thing that also sounds quite serious. Councillors, they're not legal experts themselves, but they rely on good legal advice. So what exactly was missing there? There was no documented legal advice in in many places where it would have been expected. And and this is highlighted in the report from the uh, the independent investigator. There should have been legal advice, for example, on the council's transferring of of land. So the project involved the um, building of a new stadium for the football club, putting a number of rather tall blocks of flats around the, the site. But also because the football club needed more space, the David Lloyd Club was going to be moved to uh, Egley Road and land had to be bought for that. So when the land was bought for that, the council um, agreed that land transfer. It was effectively done by council officers and there was no legal advice provided in the reports that were shown to councillors as to uh, how that was done. They talked about it being done on a willing buyer, willing seller principle. And there was just the one valuation given on that, just the valuation that the buyer asked for. The council wanted to buy it, the seller wanted to sell it. And they seemed to feel as council officers that that justified the uh, the price paid, whereas the suggestion might be perhaps they actually um, overpaid in, in this case. You know, this is public money that they're, uh, they're spending £11 million pounds to, uh, to buy some land. So this is important. It's the other side of the loan. It's the transfer of value effectively to a private body by the council. And that's what you're saying that we couldn't answer because we don't have that independent valuation. How much value was transferred in that decision to, to private hands, right? So on this legal question, what about advice for those conflicting potentially interests? And they're different parties in the transaction. So between officers who have roles on working by a council with working football club, and Kingfield Community Sports Centre. What was going on there? The um, council uh, has a, a number of private um, companies that it it runs. These are all council companies. They um, serve various purposes. One of these companies was set up, the Kingfield Community Sports Centre, to uh, look after the council's uh, interest after it uh, bought the uh, the football club uh, land as, as part of this as part of this project. But they put two 
pretty senior officers with key roles on the council as directors of the company, the Kingfield Community Sports Centre's company. One was the, the council's chief legal officer, who also has a role as what's called a monitoring officer. So basically they're responsible for all of the, the standards of behaviour in the council for officers and for uh, and the councillors. And then the chief financial officer as well. And again, that person is responsible for making sure that the, the council basically keeps within its uh, its means you know doesn't uh, doesn't overspend doesn't overborrow keeps things on the uh, on the straight and uh, and narrow and that did seem to be a conflict and it was something particularly highlighted by the independent investigator who had concerns um, about that in relation to the the Nolan principles and that's a, a set of national principles for uh, public life that was defined back in the 1990s it, it didn't help that the um, chief monitoring officer, the legal person at the council, is actually a football fan and also offers some legal advice to the, uh, the football club on a, a pro bono, you know, on a free basis, essentially. And that the chief uh, finance officer has a, a relation who offers some financial advice to the football club. Now, there's no suggestion and there's been no suggestion by councillors, there's been no suggestion by the independent investigators, they didn't find any suggestion that there, there were any concerns about this. However, it's how it looks to the person in the street, that's what the Nolan principles are all about. How does that look? That makes some suggestion that there may be something that isn't quite right there because of those connections and really council officers shouldn't be put in that position. So it was the Conservative-run council that was putting its officers in those difficult positions that might cause concerns to be cast um, upon them. It does look that good. So those Nolan principles are selflessness, integrity, objectivity, accountability, openness, honesty and leadership. All very noble causes, right? But it, as you say, it's about how it's perceived. If you've got all these intermixing networks of, of interest with the same people, it's going to be difficult to come across that way, isn't it? That's exactly right. Yes, that's the that's the worry um, about it. It's how it looks to that average person that uh, walking down uh, commercial way in, in Woking, for example. It should be mentioned that there were also some concerns raised by the independent investigator in relation to two members of the task group. The report actually says four, it was two, who were also sitting on the planning um, committee. Now, she thought that uh, this may actually impact on uh, some of the, the Nolan principles or a device, a, a report called uh, probity in planning, which relates to uh, those who decide planning applications, keeping a, a completely clear and open mind and, and deciding it on purely at planning terms. It's important to note that the, the task group only ever looked at the processes the council went through in uh, deciding to go ahead with the football club proposed development. It was nothing to do with the, the merits of the of the planning application. Advice was taken from the legal officers of the council at the outset of the task group. Uh, and so councillors were assured that they were OK to serve on the uh, on the task group. But clearly that's what the uh, independent investigator thinks. And it's something I think for the legal officer of the council to uh, to bear in mind in future cast perhaps some device or uh, some concern on the advice they uh, they gave on this and in fact we then had the ridiculous issue of some councillors being asked to speak to the legal officer of the council before the planning application was decided to check that they hadn't uh, done something like predetermined the application and this is after people were told it was fine and that they could sit on the uh, on the task group to look at the uh, to look at the processes so uh, a number of um, issues there around the uh, the legal advice uh, provided and and how that sits with uh, with best practice 
Now, I'm going to just uh, play devil's advocate with you here because the Conservative Party will say uh, that one of those, uh, I think at least one is a, is a Liberal Democrat, and they will say, well, does this then tar us with the same brush? But I think what you're saying there is that they were given advice by the legal officer that they were okay to sit on both committees. And, of course, their role on that uh, committee, on, on the task group, has been investigating this, isn't it? Yes, so the role in the task group was about process, not about deciding the the merits. That that wasn't talked about at all at the at the task group. It was concerns about the the process. Why was the uh, money being uh, loaned, for example? What was in place to manage the uh, the projects? Those were the uh, issues that were being looked at. It's very clear from the task group report, and it's very clear from the independent investigator report that uh, that followed that task group report. What we're doing here is not questioning the the merits of. Uh, a new stadium or any other fantastic or you know, not so fantastic development is about the process of how it was given support, uh, financial support as, as well as the planning process, but the process by which that was managed by the council. We're not actually talking about the merits of a, a stadium or any other development, are we? No, absolutely not. We are absolutely not looking at uh, at the merits of, of that at all. That hasn't been a, a discussion. And I think there's a huge amount of support for the, uh, the football club right uh, right across the, the council. I know the uh, the Liberal Democrats are, are very much in support of the uh, of the football club and, and the great work they do, both in terms of their uh, their sporting uh, work and the the huge amount of community uh, work and community support they give as well. So Adam has said this. You've said it too. I mean, nobody's really questioning the project. The Woking Football Club is well-liked, their community work, their community support. Really what we're asking questions about is the way the Tory leadership are leading the local council. And you you were saying earlier that we've had 13 years of Tory council leadership. Is Is this the first time we've seen problems like these? You know, if we implement these recommendations, can we just assume the problems won't recur? Unfortunately, uh, it's not the the first time uh, we've seen these sorts of uh, problems. Some of these matters were highlighted in the uh, peer review that uh, the Local Government Association carries out of uh, of councils. There was one done in 2015 and uh, another in in 2019. Very similar recommendations made, perhaps not so detailed, perhaps not so precise, but in very similar areas there were suggestions for improvement. was also an independent investigation carried out when the project to uh, regenerate Shearwater, building uh, new uh, new homes and uh, changing um, that area uh, came out. Particularly there, it talked about the uh, engagement of the public in in processes, and uh, a very similar approach was uh, was taken by the the Conservative on Council at that time. On that occasion, it was New Vision Homes who initially were intended to develop the uh, the Shearwater. Uh, redevelopment project they were left to do the uh, the consultation with residents the council sort of took a back seat in the same way as they did with the the football club they left it to the developer to consult with uh, with residents and this feels to me like you know with mistakes we learn from them right we learn from them we improve we move on this seems to be a repeating pattern with central government as well as local government you know make mistakes hide them as long as you possibly can uh, then do the minimum to fix them, but then repeat the mistakes. What what can we do locally as constituents, as as, as we are today, or or as Lib Dems, that ensure that this doesn't just keep happening? 
Uh, yes. So I think we need to see a, a fundamental change. I think a fresh start is really uh, needed to make sure that this isn't repeated in the in the future. We've um, already made some moves on this. One thing we haven't uh, mentioned uh, to date, in fact, is the, uh, the way that a number of aspects of this project were, were kept secret. They were covered in what's called part two papers on the council. So they were discussed in private rather than in, in public, as, uh, as most council uh, discussions are. Now, it uh, was by Lib Dem efforts over quite a number of months to uh, get, for example, the fact that the council had agreed a loan of 250 million to uh, a developer. That was that was kept secret for quite some time. I think it was only by our efforts pushing that uh, that was discussed. The independent investigator has highlighted that when there are items that need to be confidential, because you know they do happen, they do occur, then it should only be the confidential aspects that are kept secret, not the whole of a report, for example. And again, that's something we've been pushing for for some time. We've also made efforts to get further valuation. So we had another piece of work the council was doing uh, where they wanted to um, buy a property. And they were trying to do it just with the the one valuation. And we insisted that, in fact, you need a couple of valuations at least to get a a clear view of the value of something in the the market. So we've made those changes already. We'd like to make more changes if we were actually uh, running the council. Uh, And clearly the way to to do that is for people to uh, support the the Liberal Democrats in the uh, the local elections that uh, are coming up uh, later this year. That's fantastic. And so really what I heard there was, you know, we as, as Lib Dems, we can insist on better stewardship. We can insist on the Tory councils um, not hiding things in this, in this thing we call sort of part two, and then not broadening out to, to, to hide whole reports, keeping the things that we do need to keep confidential, confidential, but, but, but making as much open and transparent as possible. I think that's what I heard. Is that right? That's uh, exactly it, Dale. Just much more open and uh, transparent uh, processes. The council will say they they do that, but uh, any uh, casual glance at the way the council operates will show you they don't. I think it was highlighted at some point, I don't know if it's still the case, but certainly in the last year or so it's been highlighted that uh, Woking Council has more secret or or part two items on its uh, council agendas than uh, any other of the uh, 11 councils in, in Surrey. Wow. Well, I think that, that that's one way of summing it up. So thank you very much, Anne-Marie, for what's been a really valuable and useful insight into the workings of our Conservative-run council. Thanks um, ever so much, Adam and Dale. It's been great to have the opportunity to, uh, to set this out for the uh, the public. I think a lot of people have a look at the uh, reports for a council meeting and think they're all uh, a little bit dull, a little bit uh, process-driven, not terribly interesting. But as I think we've highlighted in this uh, discussion, there is actually an awful lot in there that shows uh, a need for improvement at uh, Woking Council. And that's what we as uh, Liberal Democrats would like to bring. Well, that was fascinating from Anne-Marie. It took people asking questions, which perhaps should have been asked at the beginning of some of these processes, and it took the Woking Lib Dems uh, to blow the whistle on this. So bottom line for me is, is it time for a change? It is time for a change. I think that's a great note to end on, Adam. And thank you, everyone, for downloading and listening to an episode of Woking Spotlight in our Liberal Lockdown series. We'd love you to download and subscribe. Until next time.
next time.